Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Eastern Standard Time, that could only mean one thing. It is time for the best sports talk show on the internet right now. You are locked in to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Joined by the crew, or actually, I joined by the crew. We are having some technical difficulties. 
so just bear with us. Uh, once again, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Uh, having some technical difficulties getting the show launched. Um, you all can hear me. Uh, I can't hear anybody else. I cannot pull up the screen here so that I can uh, allow the rest of the crew to join. Nonetheless, uh, as we work through it, I will talk my way through it. Uh, once again, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. First show of the new year, and um, <laughs> it's gotten off to a rocky start already. Nevertheless, let me be the first to wish you all a happy and safe, prosperous 2015. Um, this is the first show of the year. A lot of stuff to talk about. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we're having some technical difficulties, so we will be with you uh, momentarily. Nonetheless, like I said, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Uh Rocking solo for right now, uh, but as soon as we work through these technical difficulties, I will bring on Ken B and FIFO. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is an interactive show. We ask that you not just listen to the show, be a part of the show, participate in tonight's discussion. A couple of ways you can do that, you can log into our chat room. Our chat room is always open and it's always interactive. Just create a profile for yourself and participate in the show. You can also hit us up. If you're on Facebook, uh, just go to Facebook.com backslash dead end sports. Uh, like our page, become a fan of the page, uh, keep up with our show updates and, and all news in the sports world right there on Facebook. Uh, you can also check out our website, deadendsports.com. Uh, you can also check us out if you're on Twitter. Hit us up, follow us on Twitter at Dead End Sports. You can also follow us individually. You can follow me at 12Kyle, the number one, two, K-Y-L-E. You can follow Ken at K-B-I-N-G-E. You can follow FIFO at F E E F O two four seven. You can follow Beezy at B E Z Y four three zero. Remember this show is being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night, so in the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at blogtalkradio.com backslash dead end sports. Uh, you can also check us out on Stitcher. If you have an Android or iPhone, just go to the Stitcher application on your phone. Uh, you can upload it for free. doesn't cost you anything. Search Dead End Sports and listen at your leisure at home or on the go. We are also featured on iTunes as well. Uh, so you can catch us on Instagram as well. If you're on Instagram, go to Instagram. Hit us up at Dead End Sports. More importantly, we have our own YouTube channel where we feature our own videos. Um, a lot of content from last year on there. we got some new videos coming as well. Just go to YouTube.com backslash Dead End Sports, watch, subscribe, and enjoy our channel. And more importantly, share it. Share it with your friends, family, <laughs> everybody. Again, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is Dead End Sports, and I am your host, 12 Kyle. Rocking with you solo for right now. Uh, as I mentioned, if you're just tuning in, um, we're having some technical difficulties, or rather, I'm having some technical difficulties. So at this time, I can't even bring the guys on. Uh, that's why you don't hear any music in the background. Um, major, major technical uh, difficulties logging into the uh, site where we launch our show. Uh, nonetheless, um, because I'm not a rookie, uh, 
I, I can more than capable. I can be more than capable of handling it until we get the bugs fixed. Um, nonetheless, man, it's a uh, it is a uh, a lot of sports to talk about. Um, lot, <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff to talk. I'm laughing uh, as, as I'm getting these texts from Ken. Ken is on the way. Uh, he is going to. Uh, try to fix what we have going on here because I think that I'm almost certain that the issues on my end I can't log in, um, but uh, I'm pretty sure Beezy and FIFO are on the line. I can't even bring them up either, um, and I, I and that's you know that's one of the downsides to having a live show uh, because you know anything can go wrong. <laughs> And more often than not, something probably will go wrong. Um, nonetheless, the phone number to call in three four six excuse me six six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Nonetheless, let's. I, I'll go ahead and get it started, man. Uh, wow, where do we start? Um, I mean, there's so many topics we could talk about. A couple of things we were going to touch on tonight. Um, I don't want to get too heavy into into it because um we're going to uh we're going to break we're going to bring the fellow we're going to do the show so that's that's not the question the question is um you know where do we start really um i'm thinking man I, really there's a lot of ways we can go uh obviously what's big in the news obviously um the NFL playoffs uh, we just finished wild card weekend uh, where the Carolina Panthers got a victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Um, the Baltimore Ravens went to Pittsburgh and got a big victory. Uh, didn't see that one coming at all. Uh, so they were able to, to, to get that started. Um, hello? Hello? Yeah? Kyle? Yeah, okay, I got you. Okay, what's the deal, man? What's up, what's up, B? BZ on the line, what's, what's up, B? What's good, man? Man, I'm up here playing the game. I'm up here getting my stuff situated for the show. <laughs> I was playing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Playing, how did, how did you get on the can connection? I don't know. I, 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 it felt like I was always on because I heard the beep. I heard the little beep noise when you beep us in. So right. I, I yeah. I don't know. I guess Kim must have did it and just went back to taking care of his business or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm 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 on. I'm here, man. I was listening to you. What about FIFO? Is FIFO you there? No, no, FIFO ain't. That's he ain't on. Yo, can oh, there, you there he is. Okay, yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, what's up. All right, all right, okay. So, so now we're rocking. All right, so <laughs> sorry for once again, sorry for the inconvenience. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um, man, let's. I guess let's let's start, man. But we can actually start on on a, on a somber note, man. Um, the world lost uh, a, a treasure, especially in the sports world. Um, on Sunday morning, uh, Stuart Scott, VSPN sportscaster, uh, legendary sportscaster for ESPN, uh, tragically passed away after battling cancer. He was only forty nine years old. Uh, Stuart Scott, definitely known as a pioneer, uh, someone who brought a lot to a lot of flavor to, to sports highlights, and not just sports highlights, but just sports journalism, uh, uh, just all together. B, what 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 are what are some of the things that you're going to take away from uh, that you remember most about Stuart Scott? Oh man, that like it's amazing. Like looking at old 
you know, older Sports Center ESPN videos before he you know became part of the team. And there's like how mm-hmm. stiff and how so stiff and buttoned up and you know, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. How buttoned up and professional and how straight to the point they was with they with they sport brought sports anchors and everything. But when he got there, it seemed like the whole the whole crew just loosened up, man. Like everyone has, you know, he brought like a good little flair to the to the Sports Center, um, you know, crew. You know, even what's his name, Steve Berman. The uh, what's the older guy to do the football Chris all the time? Chris Berman, yeah. Like if you look at before he got there, he was so proper and just like he was. He wasn't as charismatic as he is now, and it just seemed like I think you know it's amazing how much influence that uh, Stuart Scott has on the rest of the uh, sports and the crew. And they everyone loosened up. They silly now. They now when they look for other anchors, they get someone with some personality. It's like he. It's like Stuart Scott brought all that man. He really revolutionized the way sports broadcast. You know, and it, I mean. He's a he's a good honest legend, man. Rest in peace. I, I really my heart goes out to his daughter because I remember his speech at the ESPY. Mm-hmm. How he kind of pretty much dedicated, you know, that to his daughters, and how he kept fighting. And I just I really feel for his daughters. I really do. So, but you know, it was it was a wonderful speech, and you know, so I'm sad to see him go at a young age. You know, wish he was still you know cool cool as the other side of the pillow. I mean, all the one liners oh, to have, man, was was classic, man. So you know, it's rest in peace. I hope he. Man, I just really feel for his daughters, man. I, I just really do. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? What, what, what do you take from uh, Stuart Scott's memory, man? Booyah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, just like B, you know, um, for me, you know, when you look at the rest of that that ESPN telecast and even the shows and and how you know B already alluded to it, you know, the people that they, the new people that they bring on. Like, he, he brought – he was kind of like AI, you know, for the NBA, but for, you know, sports TV, where, you know, it, it's like he brought hip-hop into it. Like, it, like he just changed it. And realistically, he, he, he changed ESPN. ESPN wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for Stuart Scott. Like, they, they were like CNN. They were like Fox. They were real stuck up. And, you know, and, and they were just – giving you the news of sports, which is understandable. But, yeah, man, Stuart Scott came in, and if it wasn't for him, like, I wouldn't – I can't find I wouldn't have watched ESPN. I wouldn't – you know, like, I would have just watched the game, and that was it. And, you know, that's how it really was until Stuart Scott came around and they started changing some things up at ESPN. So, um, you know, and, and even, even you know, he, he's really a pioneer for us doing what we're doing. Exactly. There really wouldn't be a market for us, you know, for dead end sports, you know. Um, so, man, you know, I, I feel bad. You know, he he was very young. He did leave, you know, um, a real beautiful family behind. But he fought, man. And at the end of the day, that's that that that's what I take the most out of it is that you know, no day is guaranteed, and he fought to the very end, man. And you know, uh, watching the little tribute ESPN did, I didn't know like he was flying and working out so hard and, and really mm-hmm. like fighting cancer. You know what I'm saying? Like like he literally like fought it. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I, just all my respects and and well wishes to the family, man. And you know, just the world lost just another great person. But you know, it, it, it's, it's life. It's part of life. Exactly, exactly. What about you, Ken? Um, what 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 do you take from um, the memory of Stuart Scott? Wow, man. Um, I gotta say that 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 wasn't what I expected to see that morning when I woke up. Um, Stuart Scott was a guy that that people outside of ESPN knew. 
and and that was one of the things that that um that I found fascinating, you know, looking at all the tributes and everybody, you know, um, you know, saying some of the things that they were saying. And, um, you know, I, I, when I saw it pop up on my phone, you know, my heart sunk, man, because, you know, for a guy like me, you know, it, it's not, it, you know, it's to see he, to me, he's one of the, the biggest name um, personalities, guys, that we know um, to pass this year, and, and and it came early, you know, and and you know, everybody to say the things that they said, and and for him to just be a ESPN guy, and everybody from the president down to say the things that they said about him is it, quite remarkable. And I, I remember when I when I saw it, like I was saying before, you know, I was like, you know, I gasped, and I was like, oh no, you know, Stuart Scott passed away, and and my wife was like, who? And I was like, you know, he was blah, 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 blah. He was the ESPN anchor for uh, ESPN, but he doesn't host the show as much. He had cancer, et cetera, et cetera. And she didn't really know the name, but she knew the face. And as soon as she saw the face, she was like, oh, wow, stunned. You know what I'm saying? So he was he was beyond just sports and Like, he was right. that guy. And I think, you know, like okay. people was, yeah. Hey, not 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 to cut you off, but but I have a, a similar story. It was funny. Um, Rochelle, I told her, "Hey, Stuart Scott died." She's like, "Who's that?" And I said, "It's cool as the other side of the pillow." And she knew exactly who I was talking about. Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, man. He he like people said, man. He he was a pioneer, man. And and I got to tell you, it was, it, you know, when I saw he got his start in 1993, I remember. Waking up, he was the reason why I started watching ESPN religiously every morning before I mm-hmm. went to school, because I wanted to see Stuart Scott. I wanted to hear the things he was saying. He was hip. He was young. He spoke to me and my generation, and the things he was saying was very applicable. The hip hop lyrics, you know, the cool phrases and everything that he was he was putting into it, and not just him, but everybody beside him that was co-hosting the show with him as well. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was so cool and interesting to see even the white guys start to use some of that vernacular on the show. Right. Right. And I was like, ESPN is cool. And, and, and Stuart Scott was driving that. And, and FIFA was absolutely right, man. He paved the way for really us to be doing what we're doing. And when I used to watch Stuart, Stuart Scott was an inspiration to me to even get in this business at that young age, you know, because if it wasn't for Stuart Scott and him doing the things he wanted to do, I, you know, he, he gave me the dream. He gave me, like, I wanted to be Stuart Scott, like, heard up, like I wanted to be him. Like when I saw him on TV, I wanted to be that guy, that cool, that funny, that hip. And that's how I wanted to do sports. That's how I wanted to talk about the things that I wanted to talk about uh, based on what I saw on the screen. And I watched mm-hmm. it. Man, I don't know if you guys remember this. I don't know if you did this, Kyle, but I will watch Sports Center back to back to back. Oh yeah, back. <laughs> like three or four shows in a row. And I remember my my girlfriend was like, "Why are you watching this again?" And she was like, "It's the same thing." But and same I thing, right? To her <laughs> the reasons why, but it was because of Stuart Scott and the and, and how hip the show was. He was an inspiration to me. I wanted to be him, and he's the reason why I even jumped into broadcast. Um, broadcast journalism for one and why I wanted to do broadcast and the radio hosting and all the other stuff and he's the reason why we're even here today 
Because if it wasn't for Sue Scott, man, I, I, we probably wouldn't be here. Because who knows if I would even have the inspiration to even try to do some of the things that that we're doing. You know what I'm saying? So, man, he he, man, I, I was I was saddened and I was depressed because um, he he was he was one of the guys that I truly looked up to and admired uh, from afar. And and I hate I didn't get a chance to really meet him, get a chance to. Uh, to talk to him because it was always a lifelong dream of mine, you know, to get a chance to meet the guy. But Stewart was that dude, man. Yeah, I, I, I echo those sentiments, man. I, my my memories of Stewart Scott actually go a little bit further back because I was fortunate enough to see Stewart Scott before he made it to ESPN. Um, Stewart Scott's first job out of college was uh, working for this news station called WPDE. And that happened to be the new station in my hometown of Florence, South Carolina. So the first time I saw him, he was on TV in my hometown. I was in, I must have been like, this was like 88, so I was like a sophomore in high school. And and so it was bugged out because I had never seen a black, young, hip black anchor like that. And, I mean, he he didn't have the catchphrase and all that stuff like that, but he was, he, he, and you got to remember, Back in this time, you know, the the 6 o'clock news, the 6 o'clock news or the 11 o'clock news, those sports anchors were everything, you know, because you only got sports in a, in a small window. It was like a three- or four-minute mm-hmm. window of, of getting sports. There was, You know, ESPN was there, but it wasn't there. I mean, like, people really weren't watching ESPN because it wasn't that big back then. Um, but uh, he was different then, and you could tell he was going places. And I remember him because he was, and, and he, he always said his first, the first person he ever interviewed was my uncle, uh, Harry Carson, who at the time was playing for the New York Giants. And, um, and and he was just like, he was really enamored with the fact that, you know, the interview went well, and my uncle was very nice to him and cordial and the whole nine. And, um, and I, after Stewart left Florence, he went on, he moved to a couple of different other places, and I saw him again at the launch of ESPN2. And he had like this afternoon show, and I caught it. I think I was coming out of co- I was I know I was in college at the time, and um, I was like, oh snap, that's Stuart Scott. And I was talking to my boys, almost kind of like I knew him. I was like, yo, that's Stuart Scott. He, he used to work in Florence. He worked for you know WPDE, and so, but this was a different Stuart. He was himself. He was he had these catchphrases and everything like that, and he really made it cool, man. And I think one of the things that people and and and. Not only was he, like you said, Ken, he's the reason, if, if there was no Stuart Scott, there'd be no dead end sports. Let's just keep it real. Uh, because he allowed himself to be himself, and people accepted that. And now, don't get don't get it twisted. Stuart had his detractors as well. There are a lot of people that hated mm-hmm. ESPN, that didn't like, and, you know, and a lot of people are eating crow right now because they didn't like Stuart, but... One thing you have to keep in mind is that in between the booyahs and the clues on the other side of the pillow is that he gave you the sports. He gave you the news. So it wasn't, and he knew his material. So it wasn't like he was just up there just clowning. He knew what he was doing and he knew what he was talking about. Um, I always was a big fan, man. Much like you can, I, I, I wish I had a, the opportunity to meet him in person because I would have taken him back to the days of WPDE in my conversation. But, um, uh, just an all-around great guy, man. I really was impressed with his his battle with cancer. I mean, to be honest, man, Stuart Scott was one of those guys that when I watched it, when I watched him at the uh, ESPYS this past uh, June, and then I saw how he was working out and 
kickboxing all that. I mean, like, you really kind of, uh, like, I almost thought he was going to beat it. Like, and, and he he did mention the fact that, you know, he didn't know, he never asked them what stage of cancer he was in. He was just going to live every day to the fullest. And I think that's one wow. of the things I'll take from him. Um, he, but he never know. He never wanted to know what stage of cancer he was in. He was just gonna fight and keep fighting, and um, you know. And like you said, I think I think people at ESPN knew that it was you know nearing that time or what have you, because you know people kept expecting to see him back on the Monday night set, and he wasn't there. And obviously, he, he, and Susie Colbert, she did a good job filling in for him. But um, nevertheless, man, like I said, a great guy, man, great father, great family, man. Um, and somebody, someone who, and, and more importantly, too, last thing I want to say about Stuart Scott that made him unique, there's a reason why he could interview a Kobe or interview Jordan or interview AI, and he he spoke to them and made them feel comfortable. And if, you, if you've ever done an interview with, with an athlete, you know that's one of the biggest barriers that you have to cross is to make them feel comfortable enough to where they can open up to you. You know, if you feel comfortable enough with with a guy that you if when you if Michael Jordan sat down and Michael Jordan didn't do a lot of interviews, especially with ESPN, but he all when he did an interview with ESPN, it was always with Stu Scott. So and and of course they had the you know both North Carolina guys, North Carolina um, alums or whatever. But um, I think that's the thing that made Stu he was fair, and then his the journalistic side is that he made athletes feel comfortable with him. So they could tell him anything. So, you know, I think that goes a long way. And, and that part of journalism is tough to accomplish in and of itself. Um, so definitely going to be missed, man. I, I, like like you said, Ken, I, I got the news when I, I was just coming out of church on Sunday. And I got the news and almost, you know, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks because I didn't think, you know, that he was going to pass. And, um, you know, it's almost kind of like losing a family member, man. And, and Sports Center, much like everybody else who mentioned that, I mean, like, I would watch – when Stewart was on, especially back in the mid nineties when Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen and those guys yes, were sir. on. And, and he made, I mean, like you want, I mean, I remember times I turned this sports center. If Stuart wasn't on, I turned it off, you know, cause I wanted to yeah, see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but from Dan Patrick to, uh, Keith Oberman to Craig Kilborn, uh, Rich Eisen, all of those guys, they elevated their level to get where he was. So, I think um, you know the sports world has definitely been blessed with Stuart Scott, and, and we're definitely gonna miss him. Definitely, definitely gonna miss him. Phone number to call in six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked in to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, Twelve Kyle. Joined by my partners in crime, Feezy, Ken, and FIFO. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Um. Now let's go to something a little bit more upbeat. Uh, NFL play, not, not you know, I don't even want to go to NFL playoffs. Let's talk about this NBA trade that just happened today. That was huge. Um, happened late last night uh, with Iman Shumpert and J.R. Smith of the New York Knicks going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers sent uh, Deion Waiters to the Oklahoma City Thunders, and the New York Knicks picked up some draft picks. Um, FIFO, man, <laughs> David Blatt, uh, supposedly had, had some confrontations with Deion Waiters. Uh, you, you have, you know, spoken very highly of David Blatt. Um, what, what do you, what's your breakdown on this trade, man? Who do you, who do you think got the better end of this trade and how do you think it's going to plan out? Um, between OKC and Cleveland, I think Cleveland got the better, 
the the better end. Um, but honestly, I think New York got the best end of it because of what they're doing, which is understandable. Okay. But in How terms so? of the players, uh, well, because because what 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 do I always say? Like you have to either bottom out or go for it. And both teams that are truly you know trying to vie for a championship went for it, and the team that sucked got worse which is what you're supposed to do, and pick up draft picks. Because I think all the way up to 2019, the Knicks don't have second-round picks. So this is the doing of Isaiah Thomas and all the mismanagement. So um, he got a, a second-round pick, Phil Jackson did, in the deal. You know what I'm saying? He got some dudes that he, they're probably going to waive, saving a whole bunch of cap space for next year and also getting draft picks because they have their first-round pick in this upcoming draft. It's pretty okay. loaded. So, you know, he's making moves. He's doing what you're supposed to do. Now, in terms of Cleveland, I like it for this reason. You get your starting two guard, and then you get a better version of Deion Waiters because he knows what it is. J.R. Smith, when motivated, is obviously a six-man-of-the-year type of guy. Um, I don't know if Cleveland, the locker room, and the organization top-down is yet strong enough to – get these talented but troubled players at times and really corral them into that championship mindset and get something out of them. Obviously, Popovich has been able to do that. Um, Phil Jackson, the greatest coaches, they, they can do that. And I'm, okay. I don't know if David Black can do that. Um, obviously, championship organizations are built from the top down. I just don't know if they have that overall structure there to maximize J.R. Smith just yet. But, you know, but, but I think he's in a better environment. And what they're going to expect from him, he can do. He's a spot-up shooter. He can create his own shot. He can dominate the second unit in other ways that JR, uh, that Dion just doesn't. Um, initially, with OKC, they were supposed to be sending Reggie Jackson to New York. But, you know, they reworked that. They didn't want to let him go. So now with that second unit having Reggie Jackson and Dion Waiters, they went for it. Because they understand that they have to get more depth and more scoring as well, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it adds to their versatility. Um, I like I, li- I like the move on all ends, but I think that um, like OKC is like kind of ready now. They don't really need to make no other moves. Cleveland still needs to make some moves. So, but I like what Cleveland did though. Okay, okay. What about you, B? What, what's your take on it? How, how do you think this thing plays out, and, and who do you think at the better end? Yeah, uh, yeah. Knicks got the better end just for, I guess, for future purposes. I guess looking mm-hmm. towards the future and what Phil Jackson's trying to do. Just like people said, I mean, you know, they're clearing up. They're going to try to clear up the cap space. They still got their first round draft pick. But um, I don't know. The, the trade in Cleveland. I mean, I, I, I didn't think Cleveland got that great of a deal. I mean, I think, I think it's good that they got them. Uh, finally, they got them a, a a guy that's a good perimeter defender in Amaya Shepherd. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, J.R. Smith wasn't motivated. Yeah, he can be. A, he can. Be a six man of the year type of guy, but I don't know, man. I don't trust J.R. Smith. I just don't, I just don't trust him. He just, I, he just, I don't know. I mean, and, and maybe, and maybe when he's playing with be. LeBron, maybe, maybe LeBron might might be like, look, you can't be shooting because his shot selections be awful, man. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, what, are you, yeah what are you thinking? You know, and it's like, but yeah. you know, he, I'm pretty sure he won't do that in Cleveland. But still, going by what I've seen from J.R. Smith, I don't like that move per se. <laughs> I mean, you get, you get. Good instant offense coming off the bench, which is good. But you know, it's like uh, I, I like the Amon Shepard deal better since because I know defensively they need someone like that. They need a 
a, a good perimeter defender that can guard multiple guard positions. You know that they, they need that. So that mm-hmm. was good. They're all they still mm-hmm. lacking they still lacking um a big man. rim protector. Yeah, they still they still yeah. lacking him. So But you but know. you know what, B? Uh, New, New York waves Samuel Dallenberg, so so the, so so the Cavs can pick him up if they want, and I think uh, because That's I, they need. I want to say like that. yeah, I I think I think that they got um, a trade exception. I think New York got like two trade exceptions, but I think right. uh, Cleveland, um, but they're also still trying to make that move for Timothy Mozgov. So I think that's a nice pickup if they can make that move too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see what Deion Wade is gonna do over there because I think OKC, mm-hmm. I think the purpose of OKC bringing him is they want him to kind of do what James Harden, you know, like Harden. come off the bench. Yep. Yeah, James Harden, you know, come off the bench, be an instant offense whenever Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook is on the on the on the bench. You come out there and you, you get a bucket. So to be honest with you, a lot of pressure is on Deion Wade, you know, going to this new team because. Yeah. They're gonna want him. They're gonna want him to kind of to kind of produce right away. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna want him to produce that, right away. And, and go ahead. And the other thing is money, because next yeah. year he becomes um, after next year he becomes an unrestricted free agent. So you want to get your dollars up. You gotta play right. well. You know what I'm right. saying? Like like that's the motivating factor as well. Not just you know the pressure from the team, but like like what do you want to be worth? Do you want to be worth you know eight nine million? Do you want to be worth you know twelve fifteen? Right, because look at Clay, look at Jimmy Butler. When 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 it came down to it, they all got better. Now you got to pay me some money. That's 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 a really good point. I think um, I, I don't know, man. I, I I like the Shumpert deal. I like bringing Shumpert in because I think, like you said, ultimately he starts at the two. Uh, they were a little shaky, and I think you know outside of waiters clashing with Blatt already. I think you know his shoot first mentality just didn't just didn't fit well with um, with with Cleveland. Uh, he had clashed with Kyrie in the past, and and there was there were reports coming out now that uh, I just read a report not too long ago saying that uh, he thought that he was a better guard than Kyrie Irving. So I mean, if you have a guy who thinks he's better than the, the franchise guard, then obviously there's going to be some issues. Um, I, I like so I like bringing Shumpert in. You know, he he solves the the issue as far as the defensive two that you need. Um, ultimately, I, <laughs> like B said, I don't necessarily trust J.R. Smith, but I trust J.R. Smith to be a little bit more accountable with LeBron than I do Carmelo because I think LeBron is a better leader. Um, but again, if J.R. Smith is running your second unit. I mean, he's going to be out there with Sean Marion. I mean, these guys could probably – well, Sean Marion takes better shots. He doesn't necessarily take bad shots. But like you said, J.R. Smith will take the awkward falling off of one leg, falling out of bounds type shot. Um, so I, it, that's going to be interesting to see. And can he buy into the team concept? And keep in mind, the Knicks have been shopping these two guys for the better part of a year, as bad as New York is, and they finally you know, were able to unload them. So, uh, but I think you know ultimately what happens with Cleveland is, depends on what they can do down low. If they can't solve that hole in the middle, I mean, Verajal was you know he was I mean he's not you're not going to confuse him with Patrick Ewing, but you know he was he's been there and he's played with LeBron before, so he can he knows how to hold down the middle. But with him being out for the season. Um, I don't know. It, it's gonna. They're gonna have to kind of figure that out. And like you said, Dallenbear might be an option. It may be. You know, maybe there's some big guy, some big stiff they can get off street. I don't know. But um, 
I don't know. I, I, I think ultimately I think Cleveland got the better end of the deal for now. Uh, I, I know the Knicks have draft picks, but I'm not really I'm not really sure how the, how things are going to play out because the Knicks are awful. I mean, and like they're not getting any better. And I mean, they just—I just—I don't know that you're going to be able to recruit guys that come play with Carmelo in, in, in that triangle offense. And you know, I, the Knicks are just bad right now. I, I don't like you said, people. They need to bottom out. But I don't—I don't—I don't see them getting better anytime soon. I could be wrong, but I just don't see them getting nah. better anytime soon. No, nah, they're not. And 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 they should sit Carmelo. Hey Carmelo, look, you having knee issues anyway? You you thirty one, like yo, like let's shut this shit down, man. Look, the time is not now. We're not even a playoff team. It's different if you're a playoff team or you're a championship contender. You play through that, you play right. through that because because this might be your only chance. But shit, you you have now the worst record in the NBA. Let that shit go. <laughs> like like <laughs> out, take your money, you know, what I'm saying take 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 about a month off, recover, and then get back to work. You know what I'm saying? And, and recouping and doing whatever you got to do. And, and, and let me build this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is for, like you can't just build, like, like just in one year. Like, those days are over. You can't do it like that. It's going to take some time. It, it just, it is. No doubt, no doubt. What, what about you, Ken? Who do you think got the better end of the deal uh, that, on the deal that was made last night? You know, when it first popped on my, on my phone, man, I, I was um, – I was like, the Cavs just traded for J.R. Smith? Like, why would they do that? I didn't know Shumper was part of the deal. Especially when when, it, when the way it was presented, it was Cavs trade Deion Waiters for J.R. Smith. That's not much of an upgrade. Because uh, right. J.R. Smith, you know, takes just as many boneheaded shots as Deion Waiters does. <laughs> but what I, from what I've seen with Deion Waiters so far this season is, and, and i got to give the guy credit, he was supposed to be the starter. Black sold him on coming off the bench, and he tried to make that work. And obviously it wasn't working. He would definitely hijack the offense on, on, on multiple occasions, and he just didn't fit in. So, um, you, know, I, I, so I, you know, everybody, you know, we, we're kind of talking about him doing this, that, and the other, but, you know, I, I got to be fair, at least the guy did try to take the secondary role when he was supposed to be the starter. And obviously – as a number four pick in the draft, you you don't you don't want to be drafted to be a guy coming off the bench. You think you're as good as Kyrie, and mm-hmm. you want to be out there playing and be able to contribute. So I didn't understand the, how the pieces would mesh until I saw Shuffle was part of the deal, and then I kind of understood it a little bit more, a lot more actually, because I don't think this is really about J.R. Smith. I think this really is about Shumper and what he brings to the Cavs because we know the Cavs defensively are terrible. Right. <clears throat> so what Shumpert is known for is his defense and his perimeter defense. So he'll help solidify the perimeter defense, at least the defense, uh, their defensive efforts on the wing. Then Marion to the bench. He's a veteran. He's an OG. You know, it, it, he, he'll just take the shots that are there that's given to him. He's not going to mm-hmm. make a lot of shots. So he's going to go to the bench and help there. Jaron Smith is a savvy veteran that's been coming off the bench all his life, you know, since he's been in the league. So he's perfectly okay in that role, and he relishes in that role. He's instant offense. We know the Cavs have struggled with their second unit. Um, so I think that 
when I look at what they managed to offload that uh, a guy that was turning into a headache because of the thing and his particular role and I think they short up defensively and then they got a guy that's known to come off the bench and play offense and I think a lot of the antics that we saw in New York had a lot to do with the way that culture has uh, basically developed over the last two years as, in terms of losing he who does he have to listen to? They're losing anyway. It didn't matter what. Right, right. You know, so um, so he can be dysfunctional all he wants. That whole organization right now is dysfunctional. So that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. Moving over to OKC, based on the reports that we've read and the things that we've seen, we're like, why would they want to deal with this headache? Because they got Reggie Jackson, who wants to be a starter too. And while he's accepting his role, he really wants to be in the starting lineup. Um, so now they got this other guy who wants to be in the starting lineup. How would they be able to sell that? And how would he be able to fit into the system? Because he's still part of the second unit, a unit he doesn't want to be a part of. But much right. like Cleveland, much like Cleveland, OKC struggles to score when the when the, when the twos come in. So we know Deion Waiters can play the game of basketball. We know he can score. So, um, you know, it's up to him, man, to, to relish his role and, and, and see what happens. And I think being being people, they, they were spot on to be the James Harden. And I think if they can tell him that and tell him that, and he can take and say, well, I see what James Harden managed to do in this role. So if, if you guys are saying, I need to do that, I'll do that in order to get over there. Then I think mm-hmm. he'll likely buy in. So, um, and, and, and FIFO, uh sums it up perfectly. I don't need to go into the Knicks. Uh, he covered that uh, eloquently, so and, and he was spot on with that. So we all know what they're doing, and, and he, he took care of that. So those are my thoughts on the trade. But I was shocked. It, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. It did. It really did. It came out of nowhere. I think, um, you know, especially when you consider, you know, the fact that Cleveland has been struggling. I mean, Cleveland, without Kyrie and without LeBron last night, I mean, uh, Kevin Love goes for 30 and they lose to the Sixers. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, you know, that just shows you where, and, and obviously these guys didn't play last night, but um, nonetheless, I mean, still, you lose to the Sixers on the road, a team that's won, I think, like six or seven games all season. And you so, that, there you go. So, you know, that that should never happen. And, and I saw Kevin Love in the postgame, and he just looked, I mean, he just looked dejected. Like, he just couldn't believe it. Um so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, you know, the Knicks are rebuilding and 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 there's talk that Carmelo may may be shut down for the year. So, um I don't know. I mean, there's there's a, a crop of players that are coming out this year. You know, Kentucky's got a rack of guys coming out too as well. So, you know, there's going to be some good players, not not your Andrew Wiggins type players that are, you know, going to be franchise players, but you know, some good pieces that, you know, that you can if you if you want to tank. <laughs> I don't know that old support boy looks pretty good. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. Uh, 646-478-0356 is the phone number to call. You're locked in to Dead End Sports. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Joe and Bubba by the fellas. Be easy. Canada FIFO. Hit us up. 646-478-0356. Um, now let's jump to the NFL, man. Crazy, crazy wild card weekend happened this past weekend. Uh, the Carolina Panthers beat the Arizona Cardinals. 
um, as I mentioned a little earlier, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers went, I mean, excuse me, the Ravens went to Pittsburgh and got a win. Um, Dallas Cowboys uh, <laughs> had a controversial win over the uh, Detroit Lions. And um, and uh, Indianapolis, Indianapolis beat the uh, what do you they beat Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, so let's start there, man. We we all know what happened in the Dallas Detroit game. Um, it, 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 the replay's been talked about and shown over and over again. Uh, we, we're gonna start with with with, the, with, <laughs> with our resident homie from Detroit, man. B, diehard Detroit Lions fan. Should a flag been thrown against Dallas for pass interference? Yes, it should. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, it, that could have been either way because Pettigrew was when – when they showed it again, because at first I was like, oh, pass interference, pass interference. But then when they showed it in the replay a couple of times, you know, I'm like, damn, uh, Pettigrew was kind of like holding and being – you know, he was also being just as physical as the Dallas Cowboy. I can't remember the defender name. But he was being just as physical with the Dallas Cowboy um, defender. So, you know, it's kind of like, eh. But I do think it was both the fact that they, they, you, you, you threw the flag, you called the play, pass interference, bam, first down. And then you pick the flag back up. Like, I, I thought right. that was I thought that was very bogus. Now, you know, again, I'm not going to sit here and blame, okay, refs, refs the reason why we lost the game. Yeah, it was a couple of crucial calls that didn't go our way that, that probably could determine us winning the game. But the matter of fact, we only scored three points in the second half against a so-called mediocre defense, the average defense right. at best, and we we didn't get it done. So I mean, you know, stop. I I hate I hate seeing a lot of my you know hometown Trey folks keep saying, oh the um, the uh, refs did this, the refs cheated y'all. I'm like, nah, you know, it was some, yeah, it was some questionable calls. I will admit to that. But come on, now Detroit, the way we started off in that in that in that first half, 17 points, and you only get held to. Three points the whole entire second half against a average at best defense. That's inexcusable to me. That is very inexcusable to me. Um, I think we should, we should if we would at least got a touchdown. You know, ten, you know, a field goal and a touchdown. We would have easily sealed this game up a long time ago. But in the second half. But you know, the fact that we didn't did Dallas made their adjustments and we didn't make our adjustments. We were still flat. We came out flat. We didn't come out as strong as we did the first half. You can't really put all the blame on the refs with that game. I mean, yeah, do they take a, a portion of the blame because of some of those questionable calls? Yeah, they do. I would be stupid not to say that. But come on, Detroit, we, three points in the whole entire second half against. I mean, it'd be different if that was like a, a really good defense, you know, and just and show why they had good defense. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys defense. They, <laughs> I mean, come on, Detroit. I mean, the way they was breaking them down, you know. In the first half, it's like okay. I, I was like, we probably get, we might we might go ahead and win this game. Like we got a great shot of winning this game after that, going into the halftime. But mm-hmm. they didn't step up, man. They, they just did not step up at all. So yeah, I was disappointed. Out of all the teams we lost to, it was freaking Dallas, man. I can't stand Dallas. <laughs> and and the, out of all the teams, I would I would have took the loss a little better. But Dallas, out of all the teams, we lost to freaking Dallas, man. So you know. But one thing I will say is that you know. Kudos to uh, Caldwell. Um, love what he did his first year. I love the way the players, re- res- you know, respect him and respond to him. Um, you know, he's a he's a he's a type of coach that's going to tell you what he wants, and and that's the way it is. And he ain't about to shoot call anything. He's from a win. He's from two winning Formula Super Bowl teams, so he knows what it takes. Right. So you know, my main concern is I I, I think he's he's not going to come back though. I will I will hope that we can resign soon. It would be good if we can resign him. Um, it would be awesome. 
But, you know, I'm expecting us to still be, you know, a playoff team this, of next season. You know, I, I'm expecting good things, for, especially from what I saw from Coach Caldwell. I, I feel good, man. I'm, I'm glad he had a good, successful first year. I hope he don't get the sophomore jinx. But, you know, we had a good season. Nothing else I can, you know, really ask for. I'm glad we made the playoffs like we should have been. We should have made the playoffs last year, and I'm glad we made the playoffs this year. And, and we, put up a, we put up a good fight, but we just didn't come out strong enough in that second half. We, I think we had the time possession. We had the ball more than Dallas did. I mean, everything mm-hmm. was playing our way. Every Everything was our way, but we didn't take care of business. So, you know, it's disappointment, but, you know, what what can you do now? It's over with now. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? What, what's your take on it? Should a flag have been thrown, and do you think it affected the outcome of the game? Well, um, Kyle, I, I, I don't think they should have picked the flag up because they threw the flag. <laughs> right. They threw the right. flag. They mm-hmm. never should have picked it up. Um, B, I, I, you're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong in what you're saying. You only scored three points. You know the offense sputtered in the second half. Um, I, you know, and, and and nobody's trying to use this as an excuse. Uh, the flag, but it was a big part of the game, and it determined. It changed the dynamics of the game because that would have put the ball on the 25-yard line. And Stafford could have very well have turned the ball over. Uh, running back could have fumbled. We don't know if they score. They could have missed the field goal. It, a lot of things could have happened had they let that play stand. But the fact is they altered the course of the game when they picked that flag up and and – it, it was pass interference. Everybody said yeah, they it was made, made the call. That, yep, they made the call. <laughs> pass yeah. interference. Yeah, blah, 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 first down. Like that. That was right. it. The, 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 the call was made. <laughs> like it wasn't right. no, no. It wasn't no flag being thrown, and then they run and talk about it. The flag was thrown. They made the call. Bam! First down. Pick the flag back up. Yeah, that, that was bogus. right. That was bogus. Right. So. So I see a lot of people online that's that's talking about a lot of the things that that you were saying. Oh, you guys only did this in the second half, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And while all of that is is true, at least the Lions were doing that to themselves. What happened when they picked the flag up, when they didn't call the holding twice, is that now all of a sudden the referees are intervening into the game and and they're – putting their stamp on it, and they're basically ruining what was a great game. It would have been great yep. to see come back. Yep. And, and for everybody listening, I picked the Cowboys to win, so I'm not crying over the fact that the team that I, that I uh, you know, didn't pick, pick didn't win. I'm, I'm upset at the fact that they picked up. I've never seen anything like this before in my life in a playoff game where they would do something that bold. And it really comes down to what B was saying. The Detroit Lions were handling their business in that game where many people didn't expect them to do. They didn't expect them to jump up fourteen nothing. They didn't expect the Cowboys to miss field goal and and could you know uh, protect Tony Romo. They they thought the Lions would go in there like they have been going in games before, but they went in there under a well coached guy. Like I said at the beginning of the season, I believe in Jim Caldwell. He has me too did everything he needed to do to win that game. And to me, you would not convince me that game was 
I'll say it, he was it was taken away from him and and it was taken from him in, in two or three different areas. And the NFL, like B you sent us, they admitted that holding should have been called a fourth to six. So again, the, the game was taken away from them because the NFL admitted it themselves. And right. also, they, the NFL also I, too <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Ken. Uh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Now I said also too, another crucial mistake too, which wasn't our I mean it wasn't a ref fault, but it was our fault. Calvin Johnson was off size on that one play. On the uh, Oh yeah. And when he jumped, yeah. that that's another that that's never you know, another mental Another mental mistake that was crucial in the game that we made, and it's like, you know, I'm like, y'all, y'all forgetting these little mistakes that we were making. It's like, yeah, of course the referee thing was big, but we made a lot of dumb mistakes, penalties. We had a lot of penalties in the second half. It was inexcusable. I was just like, this is crazy. I can't believe that Detroit is shutting down against the freaking Dallas Cowboys like this. I was mad. Yeah, yeah, they they were, and and they didn't play a great second half. I think the turnover. I think they should have came out, and I think they should have ran the ball instead of the play action pass that was ultimately tipped. I think that that kind of alters the course of the second half. But all of that is is I I, I gotta I gotta I'm not going to let the refs off the hook. And I think when when we talk about the mistakes the Lions made, I think we're letting the referees off the hook for picking up that flag and not holding, uh, not calling that holding play. They have to be, you know, we have to hold their feet to the fire. We can't talk about what the Lions did or did not do. Let's talk about what the refs did. And what they did was inexcusable in a playoff game where it's, it's, it's win or go home, basically. And they should not interfere on that level where they're picking up flags on a play that they called. And I've seen, I've seen pass interference called for uh, less than that. You know what I'm saying? So, come on, man. Um, nah, I, that's inexcusable. It shouldn't happen. And I don't know what the NFL is going to do to fix it. I don't think they even care to fix it because they got what they want, the golden matchup. Yep. Who would have yep. cared about Lions versus – Stafford versus Rock? We just saw you that know? two weeks ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, they wanted Romo versus the Cowboys, and, and you know, they, they, they got it, man. But that doesn't mean I'm going to, to give you know, give, you know, let them off the hook like that. That that was that – was, Terrible, and um, and it's, it's a shame, man. It's a stain on it's a stain on that game, and it's a stain on the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO man? Uh, should should a flag should a flag have been thrown, and 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 did, do you think it ultimately it affected the outcome of the game? FIFO. He probably got oh, it. Oh, FIFO. My bad. Right. My bad. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, I really felt like Ken said Welcome everything back to I was going to say. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Twelve Radio what? Show. What the hell? Get the wrong button. It says my man. I don't know what I thought it said. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Technical difficulties. <sighs> Please bear with us. But, yeah, um, oh. I feel like Ken took everything I was about to say. Um, I, I've seen I've seen pass interference for, for, for less than that. Um, they threw the flag. They shouldn't have picked it up. Um, yeah, and Jim Caldwell, you know, he did what he was supposed to do as a head coach. The Lions overall be hit on it as well. Those silly mistakes. That that Calvin Johnson, I, like, I was surprised. I was sitting there. I was shocked. I was like, Metro? 
you messing up like this? What what is going on here? So mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, I feel I, they had opportunities and they didn't take advantage because they're still not even from a coaching standpoint, but just from a player standpoint, they're just not all the way ready. But they're a step closer and and they're better. And you see it and you see the progression. It's just now they just they just have to take that step. And and this step right here is the hardest step for a team overall to make. You know, but um I think the refs definitely helped out the Cowboys and, and, but that's what you call home field advantage. It happens, man. It happens. The Lakers get it. You know, uh, uh, the Cowboys get it. You know, these big marks, man, it, it's it's called home field advantage. It happens. That's why you want it. That's why you get it. That's why you play for it. The the, the, the refs and, and the calls sometimes go your way. Yeah, that's true. And and, and you're you're right. I mean, that's why. But, but I, I think it's – I agree with Ken. I think it's, it's tainted. Um, here's my take. Should a flag have been thrown? You know what? If they had not called pass interference, I would have been like, okay, they blew a call. But I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have had mm-hmm. a, as big a problem with it because you know both guys were kind of chicken fighting as they were on their way down. And and in in the pros, you can. What he was doing was called face guarding. You can face you you can face guard in the pros. You can't do it in college. In college, is automatic pass interference. Um, so that that's one thing. The guy who let's break it down for a second. The guy who threw the flag was the back judge. The back judge in that instance has the best view. So for him to throw the flag and for someone else to overrule what he threw, I don't understand that at all. And this was the ref's explanation in the post-game press conference. He said that someone else had a better view and they overruled him. But he never said who was the other person. I have a problem with that because if the back judge throws the flag, then you can say, okay, well, the side judge had a better view. He didn't specify who was the other person who had the better view. Um, here's where I have a huge problem. You threw the flag, picked it up, and gave no explanation as to why you picked it up. There was no explanation. We were all sitting there watching the game like, wait a minute. Okay, it's not pass interference anymore? I mean, you just said it was pass interference. And then you come back and say, okay, well, no, we made a mistake. It's not pass interference. You know, they they really could have, if they didn't get him for pass interference, they should have got Hutchins for holding because he was holding and it was pass interference. Um, second you, you part of the question, happened, Kyle? what's that? You know what happened, Kyle? Jerry Jones got on the phone with Roger Goodell and said, hey, you feel like your job, right? <laughs> hey, man. As we said, hey, you feel like your job, right? Hey, make that call. I, you know, as people, as much as I hate conspiracy theories, I, I mean, there has, there, there's some, and we talked about it, you know, years ago, as far as basketball and, and people talked about, I remember Ray Allen spoke out about the NBA not wanting small, small market teams in the finals and, and things of that nature. And you had the whole thing with Tim Donaghy, the rogue referee or whatever like that, you know, throwing games and stuff. And I know it's harder to throw a football game, but you can make calls to influence the game. And I did this call, I'll, I'll put it like this, did this call have an effect on the game? Absolutely it did. Did it cost Detroit the game? It didn't. There's a difference. Did it have an effect? Because if, if Detroit go, I mean, I don't know. Detroit could have gotten a pass interference call and fumbled the next play. I don't know that. Um, did it have an effect? Of course it did because 
what happens was now you I mean Dallas had all the momentum at that point. If Detroit gets that pass interference call and they go on to score, Dallas is down by two scores. It's less than five minutes left. Odds are that you're not going to win that game. So I think you know that. So that was huge from from that from that aspect. Um, did it cost Detroit the game? I don't think one play, and that's one thing my coach always told us. He said one, the game is never defined by one play. I'm pretty sure if once the Lions players they go back and look at the film, they left a lot of touchdowns. They made a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. on that field. Like like he said, they had a lot of penalties. I mean, silly stuff like Calvin. I mean, you're wide receivers should never jump off sides because one, you're looking at the play. You know when the ball is snapped. You're actually looking at the ball being snapped. Um, so it, it didn't cost them. It, it affected the game, but it didn't cost them the game because keep in mind, even after Dallas scored, Detroit still had an opportunity. Detroit still had two opportunities to score. They had to, when they were driving on the the next to the last drive, where uh, Stafford fumbled the ball. The guy tries to pick up the ball. He and he fumbled the ball, which was dumb. And then you know, so they ultimately got another shot at winning the game. So they had two shots down the stretch to win the game, and they just couldn't close the deal. So, But like Ken said, man, I agree totally. It tarnished the game. It, 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 And then for the NFL to come out today and say, oh, yeah, they should have thrown a flag on that. I mean, what what, what good does that do now? I'd rather you not even say anything. That All that right. does is just make fans go, aha, see, we were right. But, I mean, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't, yeah. It's not like we can go back in time and, 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 you know, jump in a time machine and play that replay over. So I think ultimately, exactly. It's now playoff game. Now it was brought to my attention that this has happened before. This ha- a similar situation happened last year uh, during the Monday night game between the Carolina Panthers and the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, Carol- uh, New England was driving; they were on the last play of the game. Um, Brady throws a pass to Gronkowski, and Luke Kuechly ran through Gronkowski on his way to trying to uh, before the ball was intercepted. The ball was was thrown short as well. Similar situation, but the difference is, is that this is a playoff game. That was just a regular season game. And it's kind of like my thing as an official, it's kind of like we, I mean, we all know basketball. We love basketball. At a certain point in time, you know, you, you know, refs kind of swallow their whistles to some degree, you know, in a, in a basketball game. They're not going to call a ticky, you know, two minutes left in a, in a playoff game, you're not going to get the ticky-tack call. You're going to get, you know, you got to really get hacked to get, to get a call. That being said, I don't think I think one thing that I hope comes from this is that they make replay that they, that they make pass interference uh, reviewable by replay, because I think if you have that element, yeah, it might take a few mm-hmm. more minutes of the game, but at least you get it right. So I think I think if if something good comes of that, I think that's what will happen. Hey, Kyle, and you know what, Kyle? Uh, real quick, people, the Kyle, the other difference between. Uh, in that New England game, they never threw the flag. They just swallowed the whistle. They threw the flag on this one and called the the penalty. So that's, okay. that's, okay. that's the big difference between that between exactly. the plays. Huge. Go ahead, people. And then in terms of the time difference, like I don't think that the refs on the field should be looking at those calls. I think that that should come from New York. Like if you call a questionable pass interference, you get a buzzer say, "Hey, we're gonna look at this." And you know because 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 you have to then for the rest on the field have to like really stop the game go up another thing like New York can like see it look at it boom make a decision hit the person hey look pick that up or no 
stay with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. They, they, they don't need to slow down the game too much because that really hurts momentum, especially in football. Definitely, definitely. And, 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 it's, and the, that's the key word, people, momentum, because the momentum was changing, and Dallas clearly had the momentum at that point. And if Detroit is able to go down there and get a score, at least a field goal, then they get some of that momentum back. And I just, I, I don't, I think it was a good game. It was, a, it was a great game up until that point. And I think just really to have that, man, it, it's, it's unfortunate. But you know, conspiracy theorists will say, hey, you got what you wanted. Now, now you got Dallas going to Green Bay, so you got two of the, the most storied franchises in the NFL going head to head with a shot to, you know, play for the NFC Championship. Game uh, three four six four six four seven eight zero three five six is the phone number to call. You're locked in to Dead End Sports. Hour number one is down. We got one more hour to go. Hit us up. Join me, FIFO, BZ, Ken. Hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Now let's see here. Uh, real quick, man. Cincinnati uh, they lost obviously to uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Cincinnati, another playoff loss. Yeah, your boy Cam, Andy Dalton, 0-4 in the playoffs. Marvin Lewis, been there 12 years, six playoff appearances, no wins. Who do you blame, Andy Dalton or Marvin Lewis? Ken, I'll start with you. Um, I blame uh, A.J. Green. Um, <laughs> oh. Look, let's let's be real, man. Um, without him on the field, they they didn't stand a chance. All they have to do is just stack the line and stop Jeremy Hill, and and uh, Cincinnati becomes extremely one dimensional. And they didn't have they didn't have man Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis. They had nobody. Sanu was dropping the ball left and right. You know, um, uh, they kept blitzing. You know, Andy didn't have time. Uh, Marvin Lewis stopped running the ball when when old boy had like thirty something yards in the first quarter. He inexplicably got away from that. Um, but really, I mean, I, I just gotta. I, I hate. I really wanted to see Andy Dalton perform in year four in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> now with this weapons, because it really at, at this point in this critical stage, I get a chance to okay, you know, you had a bad game last year, which was. Wow. And then the year before that, and then, of course, your rookie season, which you're a rookie, you're going to have a bad game in the playoffs. That's almost a given. So you had two bad games. Let's see what you do this year. Have you grown up? And he didn't have the weapons to really allow me to evaluate what he could do in the playoffs. Um, and, and that was unfortunate, man, uh, to, to see that because I, I really wanted to see what he would do. Now, to his credit, Outside of the fumble, where the two blitzers came free, uh, inexplicably free, and just and, and leveled the guy, um, you know, he just turned the ball over. He just really wasn't effective moving the ball down the field, and a lot of it had to do with just just give the Colts a lot of credit. Um, they stacked the line, they blitzed him because they knew he didn't have anywhere to go, and I think it altered the outcome of the game uh, offensively for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I don't. I'm not gonna lay blame on anybody. Like if Andy Dalton went went out there and stunk it up in terms of turnovers, yeah, he didn't move the ball. He wasn't able to find receivers. I mean, receivers weren't getting open because a lot of the plays I saw that they were re-showing, everybody was freaking covered. 
mountain, the cold cover people all of a sudden. I have no freaking idea. <laughs> but, you know, it's the playoffs. People will argue that in the playoffs, as a quarterback, you should step it up. But we all know Dalton, I've never said Dalton was a Brady or a Manning or anybody like that. I just, my argument was that the guy managed to get to the playoffs four years in a row, four years, four times, two times more than Carson Palmer. So, you know, if you got a guy that works for you in a league where it's hard to find quarterbacks, you know, lock them up and see if you guys can continue to build and um, and, and see what happens. So, um, man, yeah, it was it was unfortunate, man. But not, without A.J. Green, without Gresham, I can't I can't really evaluate him uh, on that level yet. So and and and, and Marvin Lewis, it, it was tough, man. He didn't take a shot at that. What about you, FIFO? Uh, Marvin Lewis or, or Andy Dalton? Man, who are you blaming in Cincy? Man, what? Like, okay, so we started Uh-oh. off 2015 right because Ken is taking everything I was going to say. Like, I was going to start off with is AJ Green fault. Like he's really taking everything I'm gonna say. Oh wow! <laughs> no, 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 for real. You know, I, if, no, if, if you and Ken aren't arguing, I mean, something, something's not right. We we need to start the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. Hit the reset button. But nah, man. Um, watching that game, it was it was apparent that there was no separation by the other receivers. Um, they, they sorely missed AJ Green, and it's not fair. And, and Ken's 100 percent right. When you're a quarterback, everything's put on you to perform and step up. But again, he's not Brady. Or, he he's not the type of quarterback that elevates other guys. He's a complimentary quarterback where he needs guys to help him be better, you know, as best as he can be. And um, they missed AJ Green, man. That's a big piece. You're talking about a top three wide receiver in the NFL. Like, like that's that, that's just not something that you can miss and 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 go out there and and on the road and win with that with that team. You know, I think as deep as they are talent wise, it's just AJ Green means too much to that offense. And uh, I think it was a it was apparent. And I, I can't blame either one of them. It's it's really not their fault. And and I think Marvin Lewis. It, Look, sometimes coaches, they might be there for a long time and then they lose the locker room and then you have to make a move. Marvin Lewis has never lost that locker room. He is that guy. Mm-hmm. So even though he's 0-6, I, I, I think you got to bring him back. He got him okay, there. Okay. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, B? Uh, Marvin Lewis or, or Andy Dalton, man? Who you blaming? Oh, man. Uh I they just got the worst freaking look. Uh, <laughs> I, ah man, I hate to put the blame. I don't know. I mean, they, at least they get to the playoffs. I guess I'm just looking at it from my old Lions ain't making no playoffs. At least they, at least they get to the dance every freaking year. You know, yeah, they not winning, but I mean, at least they get in there. At least they performing good enough in the regular season to get them in the in the playoffs. So. I don't really know who to take blame. I mean, I, I guess you could say AJ Green, maybe because you know you need him. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, and you can't say really Andy Dalton's fault. I mean, who if they get another quarterback, who else can they get? What other quarterbacks is out there that's just like that's available? They can get. I think they're gonna have to stick with Andy Dalton. They're gonna have he's gonna have to jail with the rest of the fellas. But I mean, I, I don't know who to replace blame on that. I don't know if you playing place the coach blame or the. Uh, or the quarterback, they just got this. They just they just got that Buffalo Bills bad luck in the first round, man. They just they just it just they just got bad luck. I guess I'm gonna say bad luck. I can't replace really blame on on 
on whether it's the coach or the or the, or the QB's fault. But yeah, man, I guess I, they just they just got that Buffalo Bills luck. And when it comes to first round playoffs, it's almost like if they make the playoffs next next year, they might as well just be prepared to go home because it's like they're not going to win. It's like it's just like goodness gracious. I don't I don't know. I, I have no idea. I'm speechless on that one. Yeah, I think um, I got to blame Marvin Lewis, man. Twelve years. I think, it, fortunately, and, and don't get me wrong, I like Marvin Lewis. I think he's a good guy. Um, Damn. But I think, I think, I think uh, you you would be hard pressed to find. I, I think outside of Belichick, Marvin Lewis might be the longest tenure coach in the league. So I mean. Mm-hmm. It's it's rare for coaches to stick around that long. I mean, look look right here in Atlanta where we had a coach here for Mike Mike Smith was here I think six years. Um, coaches don't usually get to stick around that long when you don't win. And like you said, I guess there's something to be said to make it, but really to make it. And I mean, six playoff appearances and no wins. I, I think it's Cincinnati. Prop they they should be making a change, but they're not. But I think he's because uh, I don't think. Even without without um, AJ Green Sunday and without uh, Hill and Giovanni Bernard, you know, clicking on all cylinders and everything, um, I thought Dalton played pretty decent. I, I don't think you can pin this one on mm-hmm. him. I think ultimately this team, you know, they 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 really underachieved in the playoffs, and I think you know Marvin Lewis is the one to blame. So uh, should there be a change? I think so, uh, but. It, doesn't look like there's going to be so. Um, Who are you going to get, Kyle? You know what, man? At this point, I don't know. It, it, that's a good question. It, it's it's. Um, that's why I can't. That's why I can't place the blame on the coach. It's almost yeah, like like mm-hmm. well, you know, I, I'm you always going to put the blame on the coach. Um, I'm I'm always going to put the blame on the coach. So oh, man, leave, leave <laughs> the brother alone. Leave the leave the brother alone. <laughs> I'm for real, man. Dang, Kyle, it's hard out here, man. Yeah, it's hard out here for a pimp, man. Leave your brother alone. At least, hey, all right, at least, man. I, at, least, uh, at, least right, they we, at least, at least, they, at least, at least they haven't won a record and going to the playoffs and stuff like that every year. We we got notification. We got some phone lines lit up. So let's let's jump to the phone line. Uh, let's go to eight oh four. Eight oh four. You got that one up, Q? I mean, uh, uh, Ken. Live. Uh, Q, what up? What up, man? What's going on? Q? Hold on, what's good, y'all? Good. Um, you talk about a couple things. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk about Joe Flago. That man can make <laughs> that man can make a third down into a fifty-yard gain in one flag. I tell you, I'm. Uh, <laughs> and don't I, like I it, underestimated. I underestimated oh, Le'Veon Bell's uh his presence on the field. Le'Veon Bell can pick up the rush. And he's key on third down. Without them, without him, the Pittsburgh Steelers looked lost like two years ago without Le'Veon Bell. And I think Le'Veon proved that when it's contract time and he's still producing the way he is now, that Pittsburgh will have to pay up. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Carolina Arizona was one of the most pitiful games I have ever seen on national television. I thought that was just absolutely horrid. Like, what's his name? Logan Thomas should have got the start. As much as we say that, oh, we can't put rookie quarterbacks, there is no way Logan Thomas could have been worse than throwing for what I think what was, what was it, like 10 for 29, going for 80 yards. Ryan Lindley, Ryan Lindley, and I, and I really do not mean this 
disrespectfully, but you can take it how you want. Ryan Lindley does not deserve to be in the NFL. Like he is, oh, he's terrible. dude. He he is absolutely awful. If I was Larry Fitzgerald and Larry was like, you know, what, I don't even want to come back, I wouldn't even blame him because that was atrocious. Cam was gift wrapping the, the, the Cardinals a W, and Ryan Lindley could not get past his own ten yard line. Like they, they were pinning them deep, and the Panthers defense showed up. So, congrats to Carolina, but I don't think they're going to do much against Seattle. Um, now, to the game that to the game that literally infuriated me for an hour, an hour after it's still on, I'm still like, how do you do that? How did that happen? Detroit, man. I think Detroit to win this game, and I'm not upset if the Dallas Cowboys just came back on them, you know, in like a you – know, you know, just the same old Tony Romo who always comes back in the fourth quarter, pulls off a good, a good comeback. But this one, this one just left a bad taste in my mouth, man. It left a taste in my mouth where he did too. To me, all I could think about was the Lakers and Sacramento Kings game six, and I was oh, like, man. yes. I, I I was just like, this is just not right. Like. Something is just not right. Dez Bryant comes on the field yelling at the referee without his helmet on. Any other game, that is that is unsportsmanlike conduct. That's a flag unsportsmanlike conduct. But just because Dez comes on the field, tells him to pick it up, he's yelling at them to pick it up, and they pick it up, and he gets to go back on the sideline. No flag. They held in Dominican suit on that final drive twice. Yeah. Face mask. They made twice. it do that too. Twice. And they didn't call it. And then when they pick it up, see, if you look at the textbook definition on pass interference, it's when a defender is not trying to make a play on the ball and his head is not turned in a position to where he can make a play on the ball. As far as I'm concerned, whatever dude's name on on the Cowboys, I think it was Bruce Carter, he did not make a play on the ball. He was shadowing Pettigrew and he had his hands on him. How is that not pass interference? Joe Flacco would have got that flag, but... Matthew Stafford didn't get that flag. And it also comes down to, I want to, you know, because Cowboys fans, oh, stop being so biased. I'm going to get on Detroit in one second because Detroit's play calling on offense was so conservative in the second half that they gave the Dallas Cowboys every chance to get back in that game. I'm not going to deny that. You know, trying to run, trying to throw for it on a, on like a third and one, they had like multiple yep. third and ones, fourth and ones, and they kept trying to throw the ball. I'm like, you have Joy Bell, like you have Joy Bell. That that offensive line is moving the Cowboys defensive line, mm-hmm. and you want to mm-hmm. throw, you want to throw to Pettigrew. First of all, Pettigrew, that was what's was that was like third and two, third and one, throw, yep. run the ball. Like like, what are you doing run throwing it. to Pettigrew? Yeah. Run the ball. They gave them every chance possible to get back in the game, every single chance, and. I feel really bad for Detroit because they were at least on their way to three points, man. They were getting the Dallas defense all out of sorts, and then they just pick it up. Never in my life have I seen such a travesty of a call to someone to pick it up, to pick up the flag and not have an in explanation a, a right game. there. In, in, a in a playoff game. game in a playoff game. Never mind, you know, Tom Brady in Carolina. That was a Monday night game. You know, that, that wasn't going to decide anything. The Patriots had already won the, the division by then. We're talking about a playoff game in which Matthew Stafford and Tony Romo are playing for their basically their playoff lives. Like that's it, because either either quarterback is going to get tarnished for this. And Matthew played a, a phenomenal game. They did not let him air it out. 
And, I, you know, I got to call out Calvin, too, man. Calvin, what are you doing, yo? Like, we call you the best wide receiver in, in the league, and you showed some supreme undiscipline. You mm-hmm. come off the side. And then when Matthew has you right across on the Dallas star for a first down, you drop the ball. You did that, Calvin. Like, you did that. Yeah, it was a drop pass. Rare. It was a drop pass. It was right there on the star, and he just drops it. I'm like, that's not that's not the Calvin I know. Something was wrong. I have no clue. But that game was just terribly officiated coming down the stretch. And I think that, you know, the only thing I could think about is Sacramento and Los Angeles. And for the last point, oh man, Cincinnati. See, I'm not, I'm not going to go easy on Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis because, you know, A.J. Green was out. Oh, boo-hoo, A.J. Green was out. A.J. Green was in versus Pittsburgh, and they still smacked the Cincinnati Bengals. So, I'm not going to give them a pass just because A.J. Green is out because A.J. Green hasn't been producing much this season anyway. So, for people to want to say, oh, man, you know, oh, man, you got to give them a pass, I will give Andy Dalton the pass. I will give them okay. a, I will give him a pass. I can't give Marvin Lewis a pass. Marvin Lewis has never won a playoff game. Marvin Lewis has never sniffed an AFC championship game. Marvin Lewis has never tasted victory in, in the playoffs. Yeah, people think we're, we're supposed to keep him. If Jim Harbaugh, a guy who's going to three straight NFC championship games, gets kicked out from his management, but Marvin Lewis gets to stay just because he keeps the locker room, that don't mean nothing. That's a lot of Giants well, that fans. Is, well, well, that, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Because, look, when your front office and your head coach, they're not married, then that shit happens. Because look at Mark Jackson and what he did for Golden State. And they kicked him out. You and my point saying? is that if someone is going to have that much success, but someone who's not even going to have at least half of that, not, not can't even taste what these people have gone through, then you don't deserve to keep your job. Because how are we going to talk about how are we how are we gonna talk about how are we gonna talk about Tom Coughlin deserves to, to be fired every season? How are we gonna talk about oh man, Jim Harbaugh, you know, he's he's out of there when Marvin Lewis has never won a playoff game. He hasn't even sniffed a victory. Every single season he's either been destroyed by Pittsburgh or Houston has bounced him out. So for people to wanna to say, Oh man, you know, just just because who you who you gonna bring in? I don't know, Rex Ryan maybe? He could turn that team around. They could bring in one of those you know, high uh, offensive of defense coordinators. Exactly. You bring in, you bring in, you bring in Rex Ryan. Maybe you you got a bunch of good guys coming. You like they fired some like Mike Smith was was getting to the playoffs, right? He was getting to the playoffs every single year. And in, in Atlanta, as the ATL fans, that's not enough. That's not enough when you have the weapons you know what the- that they had. But but here but here's the thing. There's something to be said for coaches that build, especially in the NFL, like from 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 the ground up. Like Cincinnati was horrid for decades. Thank you, people. Yeah, decades, decades, Thank you. decades. And they've had a decade decades. of being good. Wait, and they haven't okay, done but, anything. But, but wait, hold on. But but wait, hold on, hold on. The same way Tom Coughlin, he gets a major pass because he won a Super Bowl. Marvin hasn't done that. But you know what? For all of them decades that they sucked, Marvin has brought them from the abyss. From I'm talking about that was probably the worst job in sports, the worst and he to do it job in, the, in sports. And he had to do it in the draft, right, people? He didn't, he didn't get yeah, any creation. Yeah, he drafted all that. No. Every, all the best 
players that Cincinnati has that have come through there. Ocho Cinco, well, Chad Johnson now again, uh, Ray Maluga, all of them. Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton, AJ Green, all dra- TJ Who's your Mama, all of them drafted by Marvin. He has but done this a marvelous only- job. This is only and proving I my point. This is only proving my, my point, dude. Like he drafted all these amazing players, and not one player. I'm not talking about Super Bowls. I'm, I'm not talking about AC Championship. I'm talking about a playoff win. Get one. Since yeah, LeBron has been I, in the league, he's been the coach, and, and for the entire <laughs> for the entire duration of LeBron James' career, he's never won one playoff game. Marvin Lewis. Mar- Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis needs to get out of there. It's not well, a matter it, of it, you know what, it's, it's, it's not a matter of it's not a matter of if he's a terrible Marvin's coach. Not going anywhere. It's just a matter of sometimes coaches need to get to a new location so they can give a new voice to a team that needs it. He built up since then. Great, great. Let's get someone who can get them there. The same Mark Jackson situation that you brought up. Okay, you built this up. Thank you. Let's get someone who's going to get us there. And we're seeing Steve but, Kerr unlock the offense but, 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 the same way. But, but, here, but here's the thing, though. Look, 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 look. In your fairy world, it's, it's, it's real easy to go handpick a head coach that's going to take you to the next level like that. It's real easy to go pick a, uh, handpick a Steve Kerr, right? No, these coaches don't grow on trees, and you don't know, especially when they're unproven. Like, look, Holy who, crap. Who, out there, who, who out there are you going to go get that's better than Marvin Lewis right now as a head coach? Cool. Hey, Rex Ryan. Hey, Rex Ryan, right now. Come, come, man, come on. Are you saying Rex Ryan? Say Rex Ryan. Say Rex Ryan is not a better coach than Marvin Lewis. Whoa, whoa, no, no. Number one, no, uh, hell no. No, no, no. no. Number two, number two, name come on now. one offensive player that Rex Ryan has drafted and, 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 and made him produce. Name me one offensive player. One. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can't. I can't. But okay. has Rex Ryan gotten two AFC championship games without an offensive player? So put him in the system with AJ Green and Andy Dalton, and what happens? But what happens when they're gone, Q? He's proving exactly. he can't grab offense. Marvin Lewis built up a defense. Then you back in the same position offense. as you were when, when Marvin Lewis was there, not when winning the playoff game. You might as well get it while you got it. So that's my, my point. He's mean? been there. He's been there for 12 oh. years. He hasn't won a playoff game. What playoff game? Come on, yo! Like, come on, man! Like, we've we've given him a pass way too long, bro. Like, it's just it's it's, it's his time, man. It's time for him he, he to go. Just, nobody had a worse starting point than Marvin Lewis. You understand that, right? Like in the history of the NFL, I do understand that. It's 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 cool, dude. Like, thank you for your service. I, I appreciate that. But like y'all oh say, this God, is a man. business. This is a business. This is a business, and we're and we are but here you, to win playoff games. You, and he hasn't done that. But just but just like but just like I said, sometimes. Just like I said, sometimes the front office and and the and the coaching staff are married. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 Harbaugh and the 49ers, they weren't married. Marvin Lewis, like 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 that's his long term problem. And, and, and guess what? To me, there's not another coach available that would take that job better than Marvin Lewis out there right now. And until that happens, he's my coach. Especially in football. Especially in football. We see, like, football has the highest turnover rate out of every position. He's talking from GM to player to everything. The only thing that stays the same is the ownership, man. No, there is no 
other candidate out there right now better than Marvin Lewis. Everybody else is is, is a is a hope. Everybody else. The the, the, and here's the coordinator of, of, of the Cardinals, Cabo, all of those guys are hopes. You're hoping on what they can do. Man, go ahead, Kevin. But what are and, but and what are we gauging this on? What 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 are we gauging this on? I'm trying to ask y'all, like seriously, what are we gauging okay. his, his greatness as a coach when he drafted players? You're, okay. He's not getting to the next level. He's not no, winning no, no, the playoff no. game. You're, you're criticizing him for not winning a playoff game, but he's getting there. That's something. At some point, the streak has to end. Oh, I God. But, but listen to me now. Rex Ryan, okay. Mike Smith, and eventually Jim Harbaugh, who had a bad season, these guys were let go because they started to lose. Coughlin is somebody different. He's brought two Super Bowls. He's been there for years. The man know how to win. He's a hell of a coach. He turns to Jack Smith. Jack wasn't somebody, <laughs> for Christ's sake. But the but, mm-hmm. but Rex Ryan and Mike Smith, the reason they were fired is not because they they couldn't get to the playoffs, because they were losing and could not get to the playoffs. Marvin Lewis has managed to create a winning culture in Cincinnati through the draft and not much support from the front office. He's had to do it himself. So, look, man, when you have, uh, when you are able to win in the NFL and look at the division he's winning in, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh and Baltimore, two winning cultures, and he's created and turned the Cincinnati Bengals into a relevant organization in that division when they used to smack them down all the time. Come on, man. That that deserves something. You can get yeah. rid of Marvin Lewis to me when Marvin start, starts losing. At that point, I'm with you, but not when he's winning. Especially but he is losing. He's losing when it matters oh most, and he's and he's lost when it when it matters most every single time. So at so what point? You, so you'd t- rather just go five five or whatever. So you'd rather just win four or five games or six or seven games and not even make the playoffs? I'd rather win a playoff game like Rex Ryan has has done. I'd rather go to AFC Championship games back to back like Rex Ryan has done. I'd rather do the same things that you're trying to talk so about, like, like Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan. He took he took Mark Sanchez to AFC Championship games. He was one drive away from the Super Bowl. Who has Marlon Lewis as? Chad Johnson, Hoosman Zada, A.J. Green, Sanu, Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer in his prime. And he still Dude. can't get it done. But also, but Man, also, Q, Q, but also come on, yo. But, but also, also, Q, also, Q, to Rex Ryan credit, during those two AFC Championship games, Rex Ryan had arguably the best defense in the league both of those years. That he Marlon coached Lewis that had. up. He coached that up. Who, which, which defense? What Jets defense was doing that good before he got there? He transformed the entire organization. He went right, to that, that's, he went that's to, why Mark Sanchez was able to go to the AFC Championship game. Exactly. Game. True, <laughs> true, 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 true. But if we're, hey. if we're going off of accidents waiting to happen, then, you know, Mark Sanchez and Andy Dalton in the, in the playoffs are not that far off because they both throw INCs. They both you, give, you, give, you, you give Andy Dalton that same defense with that offense and Cincinnati's a problem. True, right. Yeah, right. he does have a good defense. But yeah, and, and you tripping you. First of all, you gotta get to the playoffs to even try to win. And you still haven't even answered the question. I guess you you'd just rather not go. At least he's going. You know, no he, that, that, that at what point like, does that wear off? Yeah, but, uh, years, but I agree years. with you. At, at some point in time it's gotta be about uh, you know, I, I'm not going. Yeah, don't don't, don't invite me. I, I'm tired of just get, getting invited to the wedding. At, at one point, at some point in time, I need to be 
you know, instead of being a bridesmaid, I need to be a bride. That's all. I mean, I, I, I totally get what Q is saying. And don't get me wrong, I like Marvin Lewis. I, I think he's a good coach. I like him, too. Um, I, 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 I like just don't, I don't know. There's, there's very few other teams in the NFL where you can go, where you can work there 12 years, go to playoffs, six of those 12 years, and have zero wins and still keep your job. It's a results-based business. It is what it is. Y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. This man, <laughs> hey, this man, hey, we, we got some other callers on the line. You got anything else for us? Are you doing y'all? Y'all have a good night, man. I'm out. I'm out. All right, bro. Thank you. All right, man. Peace, Thanks for calling man. in, Q. Yeah, I got you. 646-478-0356 is phone number to call. And I want to apologize. We've been having technical issues all night, so that's why we're just now getting to the call. Um, but we are seems to be up and running, so... Uh, hang with us. We got about thirty minutes left, so let's jump to the phone line. Let's go to area code nine one nine. Calling you on the air with Dead in Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hello. Nine one nine. You're on with Dead in Sports. What, what, what's your name? Yo, what's up? Uh, my name is Broderick. What's up, Broderick? It's weird. Yeah, um, I'm gonna talk about basketball right quick. Go ahead, shoot. What's on your mind? Um, I got a chance to see Kyrie Irving the other night play when he's playing Charlotte, okay. right? His game seems so forced to me in person. Uh oh. Like okay, okay. <laughs> so you people? so you don't think you don't think Kyrie? Well, you don't think he's that good, or what are you saying? I think he forces the game too much. Like he doesn't okay. flow with the game. And I was okay, listening okay. to an older show, and uh, you're talking about Dwayne Wade. How Kyrie Irving's a better scorer than Dwayne Wade. And I'm like, uh, not after that game. Nah, I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> if it was Dwayne Wade, it's probably Ken saying it, right? <laughs> nah, I mean, hey, nah, that was people. That's the people. So, so what do you like think Kyrie, of the? Though. What do you think of the trade, man? Broderick. Hello. Uh, I think it's a good move for them. But I, okay. Yeah, I think it's a good move. I just think they should just try to get a big man out of it. I think you should get out Perk, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, don't know where Perk, him out of it. I don't know where Perkins is his contract. And, and to be honest, I don't know if, if uh, OK is yeah. looking to move him right now. He seems to be pretty comfortable there, and they they seem to, you know, I don't I don't I think they're they're doing whatever they can to hold on so they can make their push uh, as they move up in the Western Conference. Hey, well, thanks yeah, for calling in, man. We definitely appreciate it, Broderick. And they were talking about us. Uh, All right. Peace. All right, my man, Roderick. What's up? Phone number, Broderick, call 646-478-0356. Let's jump to, well, okay, we got two people from 773. I'm going to give you the last four uh, from area code 773, ending in 4510. Four five one zero from seven seven three. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jockman. Jockman, what's hey, up, brother? What's up, Jock? Um, not much. Uh, quickly on uh, the playoffs. Uh, I think there's some really interesting matchups coming up. I feel like out of all the teams New England wants to face in the playoffs, the one team they didn't want to face was Baltimore. I agree. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I do too. That's like the one team that can give Brady fits out of all the teams left. Because I think they could handle the Colts pretty well, but not Baltimore. Um, That's going to be a bad Also, on, uh, 
uh, Ben Roethlisberger losing that game. I don't think he's going to win a playoff game again. Wow. What? Again? Yeah. No, he's not going to win again. Okay. Well, why are you um, that, Josh? Because uh, uh, he's been cursed by Tim Tebow. Losing to Tim Tebow, he's cursed forever. He's not winning again. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, on the, uh, the Panthers-Cardinals game, I thought that when uh, I thought I was done watching that type of football when the Bears season ended. I mean, oh good lord. Um, Ryan Lindley was dreadful. Panthers didn't really play that much better, but they at least didn't play out much worse. Um, and one final thing, uh, uh, quickly for basketball. Shout out to the Bulls, fourteen and four. Oh, no December. doubt. Yeah. And that's pretty much it for me. Okay. Hey, well, as always, cool, John, thank you for calling in, brother. All right, peace. Peace. Phone number, Jock Man, call 646-478-0356. Let's keep it right there in Chi-Town, 773-773. You're on with Dead End Sports. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, my name is Olive, and I'm actually not in uh, uh Chicago right now. I'm actually in Shreveport, um, okay, Louisiana. And um, that's what's first up. things first, man. I wanted to like shout all y'all out because I watch y'all all the time. King, B4, B, um, uh, you the host, uh, Kyle, yeah, uh, Mike. Even though he's not even in here, Sophie. Like all y'all, I watch y'all all the time. Not only in sports, but on um. Uh, Hip hop as well. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, and when y'all was talking about the whole Cincinnati and um and the Indianapolis Colts game, you were talking about Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis. Uh, I think that Marvin Lewis's uh time in Cincinnati should come to an end. Now he oh has God. been a head coach for twelve years. He made oh, the yeah. playoffs, I believe, six. And has and is 0 and 6. That is not acceptable. Now I do, and I am happy for the fact that he has made it six times. And I know that it's hard to actually reach the uh, the um, NFL playoffs. But six times and you got six losses. Now, like you can't really you can't really blame Andy Dalton. Because this is the same Andy Dalton that we've seen since he's been in the league. He he isn't an elite quarterback. Like he isn't like you know a you know awful quarterback. He's just an average, good, solid starting quarterback in his league. So like you can't ask him to like do too much without AJ Green and without um without Russian. and like. If you want to be Indianapolis, you got to keep the offense off of the field. And you do that by right. running the ball. Jeremy Hill, I think he ended the game with less than 50 yards rushing. Yeah, you he gotta did. Give him, you got to give him the ball if you want to have a chance to be Indianapolis. Because you know Indianapolis, they're going to pass. Andrew Luck, he's going to pass all game because they have no running game to even talk about. So, Marvin Lewis... I don't like he isn't bad. I think that he should still coach somewhere else. I think Cincinnati 
needs to like move on and just and just you know find someone else. I don't know if it's Rex Ryan or I know people talking about Shanahan. I right. I don't know. Uh, uh, Seahawks defensive coordinator, the Broncos offensive coordinator, someone. But Marvin Lewis, I don't know. Wait, I don't I don't know, man. Six times and you got six L's. That's that is not okay.
Flacco is six of seven in his playoff career. He, it, his, as far as like his opening round, um, he's won six of his you know first playoff starts as, as far as the first game that he's played in playoffs. Um, you know, and, and as much as Ken doesn't like him, <laughs> you know, you, you gotta you gotta give him his props, man. Um, and every year there's a team that has a bye that gets knocked out in the first round. So. I'm going to make it unanimous, man. I'm going with the Ravens. I'm going with the Ravens. I think the Ravens go to Foxborough and get a win. Um, Now, conversely, uh, Broncos, Colts versus Broncos. Colts go to uh, Denver. Uh, FIFO, Colts versus Broncos. Who wins? Man, um, the the master of the student. Um, I I don't know. Uh, Honestly, with this one, I I think here's the thing. If we get the Peyton Manning that we've seen in the last couple of weeks of the season, I might have to go with the Colts. But if Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning, then I don't think that Andrew Luck has the weaponry to outdo a Peyton Manning. So if Peyton Manning's healthy and he's back to the same old Peyton Manning that we know and love, I'm going with Denver in a shootout. Uh, but if Manning struggles, he, if if them boys can't put up better, like close to thirty, then I, I think the Colts might pull it out. Did, did people just pick two teams? I kind of did, <laughs> but now look, look, it depends on the pick one, man. Really we let you slide with that, man. The Broncos, man. I'm going with the Broncos. Okay, okay. <laughs> what about you, B? Who you got, man? Uh, I got the Colts. For the same reason that people just said, I, I, these last, like, three or four weeks of the, of the uh, season, Broncos, Peyton has not looked the same. I, I don't know what – I don't know if he's injured and not really fanning about it or – I don't know. They just look very fun. Uh, I mean, hopefully this bye week will probably help them, you know, you know, get get their get they stuff together or whatever, and we might see the Peyton man that we used to seeing, but – Based off what I've seen these like this last like month of NFL regular season, I don't know, man. I, I and Andrew Luck is highly motivated. He's highly motivated for this game. I'm pretty sure he wants he wants to beat Peyton Manning so bad. So I, I think the coach can pull it out. I, I think I'm going with the coach. That's that was one of my up, you know I guess so called upset picks for this weekend was the coach beating the Broncos. Okay, what about you, Ken? Man, uh, Peyton Peyton Manning's gonna win it, man. Uh, the defense is solid. Uh, they can run the ball now, and I think if they come out and passing instead of running first, I think they'll 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 be all right. They're, they're going to win that, and uh, we have yeah, they're going to win that game, man. I'm not, I'm not jumping off yet, man. I don't care what I've seen over the last few weeks. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I, I agree with Ken. I I got to go with Peyton, man, especially at home. Um, I picked. In the preseason, I picked Denver to go all the way. So I, I, I don't want to look like a fool at this point. So I'm sticking with Manning, man. I think he gets the job done. I think they've run up and down the field on um, – I think they run up and down the field on the Colts. So uh, that's how I think that was going to play out. Uh, Carolina Panthers go to Seattle. Uh, Beasy, how you picking that, man? Carolina at Seattle. Um, Seattle, 23-3. Uh, Three? <laughs> <Yeah>. Damn. <laughs> what about oh, you, know, people? Probably 20 to 6. 20 to 6. 20 to 6. Because they probably going to kick two field goals and that's about it. Okay. 
What about you, FIFO? Uh, well, you know, I, I picked Seattle to win the Super Bowl, so I'm, I'm you know, I'm going with Seattle. I, I, I don't know if it, it's, it's going to be a laugh or like how B picked it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going with Seattle. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? I want to pick Carolina, but not after what I saw. Um, they, you struggled against Arizona, and Seattle is more efficient offensively than Arizona. Uh, could ever been with Ryan Lindley at, in the backfield. So with that defense and Russell Wilson, I think he'll play. He'll make more plays than than Cam Newton. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Seattle. Yeah, I got Seattle. Uh, I, I don't think this, this is probably gonna be like a 31 to 10 game. It's it, it's like you, somebody mentioned earlier, like. Arizona literally was trying to give – Carolina was literally trying to give Arizona that game last weekend. And, you know, that game, if you – God bless you if you sat and watched that whole game. That game was awful. <laughs> and I'm not just saying it because I'm not a Carolina fan. But that was just an awful football, man. I mean, that that game was truly for diehards. Um, Arizona only had 79 total offensive yards. Total yards, yeah. I mean, like – and Q said it best, man. Ryan Lindley doesn't belong in the NFL. I'm sorry. He he must have Ari Gold as an agent because he he should not be in the league. Um, Cowboys take it to Green Bay. Uh, FIFO, how do you see that one playing out? Man, you know, um, once the Cowboys won, that's all I could think of. I'm like, man, I wonder how cold it's going to be in Green Bay uh, because. Uh, you know these, these these cowboys, these prima donnas. I'm still calling them for prima donnas. I, I, you know, <laughs> but um, I don't. I I think Green Bay might be too much for them. I think Aaron Rodgers can expose that uh that that defense, and I don't know how Tony Romo is gonna handle the weather. We know what Aaron Rodgers is gonna do, and I remember talking about it a lot. It it does not matter the weather. Aaron Rodgers is gonna get the ball where he needs to get the ball, and, and that's just. That that's what makes him, you know, I think the best quarterback right now in football. But um I, I have to go with the best QB, man. I, I just do. Okay, okay. What about you, FIFO? I mean I'm I'll be Damn, Kyle, you tripping, what you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm trying to do like three different things over here at one time. What about you, B? Uh who wins that? Uh Cowboys Packers. Oh, Okay, just just real quick before I say, Pistons are giving the Spurs all they got right now. If the Pistons win this and win six straight games, man, boy, that that Josh Smith diet is is doing wonders for them. Okay, but um, <laughs> um, the uh, Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers, uh, I think that man Aaron Rodgers, I think he's gonna he's gonna do work. He, I think I think he will do work against some uh, against the Cowboys. Um, you know, this is not Matthew Stafford that they're going to be going against. This is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, I can't really get a, put my finger on the score, but you know what? I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 31-14 Packers. Okay. I can see because I see Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb just freaking just go having a field day with them corners, man. I, I really do. Yeah. So, you know, you give you give Aaron Rodgers just a nick of time, and he's gone. Man, Jerry Nelson, I think, gonna have a field day. Him and Randall Cobb. So, at 31-14, Packers. What about you, Ken? Uh, Packers. 
That's it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go <laughs> Packers on this one. I think it'll be I think it'll be high scoring. I, I'm looking at uh, I say 37-30. Um, not a lot of defense, a lot of offense. Um, you don't want to give Aaron Rodgers a shot, uh, and I think I think man, if I'm not mistaken, Green Bay is averaging close to 40 points a game at home. Um, I think Dallas, you know, the way that the way that Detroit played last week, they showed that you know you gotta <laughs> keep your offense on the field, keep them, keep Dallas off balance, um, keep Dallas's offense off the field, and um, and I think you know Aaron Rodgers is a master at that. Uh, Green Bay was the other team that I picked to go to the Super Bowl, so I'm not picking against them at this point. Um, I got Green Bay winning that one as well. Uh, the phone number to call in six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. This is dead end sports. Uh, we got about man, we got about eight minutes left in the show. Uh, national championship game, man. Ohio State. Urban Meyer has led a team that <laughs> man, nobody thought was going to be here. Uh, they went from having a Heisman Trophy candidate to him going down to developing another Heisman Trophy candidate and him going down. And this new kid who's a – and I kept saying during the game uh, the other night, doesn't look like a third-string quarterback to me. Uh, they call him 12-gauge, man, uh, Cardell Jones, um, going up against the Heisman Trophy winner, Marcus Mariota, and the Oregon Ducks. Uh, FIFO, how do you see this one playing out? Who do you think uh, is holding up the trophy Monday night? Oh, man, um, I think this is going to be a hell of a game. Um, you know, I was wrong about Ohio State. I, I was one of those, uh, I guess, pundits now that really wrote them off. Um, but, damn, I, I, I put it to you like this. I don't know who's going to win the game. I'm going to pick Oregon just because they have, you know, Mr. Mariota. But, um, man, I think it's whoever has the ball last, really. Okay. Um, I think I think this is going to be the, the the ultimate shootout. It's what you want a national championship game to be, and I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm going Oregon just because they have the Heisman Trophy winner. But it's, I think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. Okay. Okay. What about you, uh, B? Yeah, uh, I got Oregon. I mean, I, I got Oregon by default because as a Michigan dude, we don't lose <laughs> Ohio State ever, ever. Ever, ever. I don't care who or how they playing. I don't care who they going against. I am not going to sit there and say, hey, I'm going to Ohio State. Well, I think Ohio State going. Even if I think they're going to win, I would still not say Ohio State. So as a Michigan guy, if people that's from Michigan, Detroit, whatever, listen, they they know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you do not root for Ohio State whatsoever. So I'm going for Oregon just for the fact they got the Heisman Trophy winner playing. So uh, Oregon easily. And I, can, I, I actually see them. Uh, beat winning by two touchdowns. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. Um, what about you, Cam? Man, who, who do you have hoisting the trophy at the end of the night on Monday night? Well, look, I was the only one on this show that that saw Ohio State in the national championship. That's man, so That's trade ball. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I'm watching the game. I'm sorry. So, so look, man. I I'm I'm a, I'm gonna ride this one all the way to the to the to the uh, all the way out, man. So uh I believe in Urban Meyer, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice one more time, man. Ohio State is about to win this game, man. Um Oregon struggled against Florida State. Florida State was doing Florida State beat themselves. 
um, you know, and basically in the fourth quarter, third quarter collapse. Um, I don't see Ohio State doing that. So as long as they can, you know, control the game and stay in the game and continue to move the offense, I think they'll be fine. So I think they'll win the game. I don't think they'll do what Florida State did. No doubt, no doubt. Um, Man, I'll be the first to admit, I mean, you guys know I'm, I'm a huge Florida State fan. I did not see that ass kicking coming that <laughs> that Oregon gave us. Neither did I. Um, uh, you know, but I think you know they they capitalized the the two fumbles by Dalvin Cook killed us. Uh, the one Jameis had it in, he was trying to make a play. I mean, by that time the game was pretty much already out of out of hand. Um, I, I will, as much as it pains me to give Ohio State props, I gotta give Urban Meyer credit, man. I mean, not only has he developed you know, this quarterback system with these quarterbacks and this kid. I mean, this kid, this kid 12-gauge is a, I mean, he's 6'5", 250. And I, I'm going to keep it real with you, man. The, toward the end of that game when he broke out on a couple of runs, a couple of Alabama players, man, they, they weren't coming they weren't coming up as fast <laughs> trying to tackle this guy. You know, you know so uh, – so I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good game, man. I, you gotta give Urban Meyer credit for at least getting this far and beating, you know, Nick Saban. Um, the odds-on favorite to win it all. I, I, I find it surprising that the mighty SEC does not have a team in the national championship game. Uh, that being said, I'm going with Oregon. I think Oregon lights Ohio State up. I think they win Dang. big. 38-20, to 20, I, I don't think it's going to be – because I just don't see Ohio State being able to keep up with the speed of Oregon. I think Oregon, you know, I think the best bet for Ohio State is to try to slow them down and, and you know, convert third downs and keep Oregon's offense off the field. But um, Mariota, man, he, he he's the real deal. I, I really sat and watched him the other night, and, and he is the real deal. Both he and Jameis Winston, I think, will go one and two in the draft when it's all said and done. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like Oregon in this one. Um, I try to put my Ohio State bias aside since I don't like Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> and my dad went there, so I know he, he's he, he he's Ohio State all day. But, um, but nah, man, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with uh, – I'm rolling with Oregon on this one. Rolling with Oregon on this one. Um, I think that they will pull it out, and I think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, I think it's going to be, like I said, 38-20. 38-20 is the number that I'm calling. Uh, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. This is Dead End Sports. Once again, I want to thank you all for tuning in as you do each and every Tuesday night. We apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, man, <laughs> that's what happens sometimes when you have live, live radio. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we got off the air, real quick, just yes or no, uh, Atlanta Hawks. FIFA, are the Atlanta Hawks a legit contender in the East? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Um, look, this, this is probably the best Atlanta team that we've had since the Michael Vick Falcons and the Atlanta Braves that went to all of those um, uh, conference championship games. Um, this right here, man, uh, and, and and Ken can attest to this. I told Ken the Hawks are for real once we got Danny Ferry as GM years ago. That's when I told him. I said, look, this, 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 
a change is about to happen. These boys play real basketball. I think they're a superstar away from being a championship contender, but I believe in the Hawks. I think we will finally make the second round. I think we will push the eventual uh, uh, representative of the Eastern Conference. I don't think it'll be us, but I think we'll push that team. Okay, okay, okay. We'll get notification. we got about 60 seconds left, man. Got to thank everybody that called in. Uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Once again, like I said, we're being broadcast live each and every Tuesday night. Um, this is the first show, so we want to definitely wish everybody a very happy, safe, and prosperous New Year. Uh, make sure that you check out our website, Dead End Sports. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, if you're on online, Flipboard. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to our channel. YouTube.com backslash Dead End Sports. Got more videos coming. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. For FIFO, for B, for Ken, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler you guys next week. Peace. Peace. And yes, peace. Cheating ass cowboys.